Hey y'all, I am back with an amazing word, an amazing word, Lord just, your strength is here, just (laughs) keep me focused, I'm so excited about this word, this will be by far the most important word One of the most important words that I will ever deliver, that God will ever give through me. This word um, sums up the reason for, the reason why he birthed Grace Grace Extended Ministries. Um, This is the reason. This word is to free a lot of people. And God never makes a mistake. So for anyone that doesn't know, my last name is, my current last name is Freeman. And um, that speaks for itself. Um, Through me, God is going to free So many of you, so many families in this time. This is a serious word, but it is a much needed word and it is an exciting word. Um, This word is a light and for those who need it, you guys are the moths. I know it, that is not attractive, but this light is needed in this time. Um, God began to speak to me about why there's so many suicidal rates, like the depression and the, you know, anxiety and the worry, like why that's so heavy in the world and God just began to talk to me about trauma childhood trauma the much needed discussions that no one will have and this is an introduction into that um I'm gonna pray really quickly um first of all Lord I just thank you and I praise you that your ways and your thoughts are higher than ours. I never seen you turning it around like this. I just never seen it like this before. And I thank you for all of the change that you are about to break in so many of your children's lives. Those who have received you and especially those who have not those who have not known you and those who reject you especially for them um yeah I just I go ahead and just bind the hands of the enemy like I just I slice his hands I just chop them into pieces in the name of Jesus and any attack I just go ahead and I I cancel that any error of the enemy, I just rebound it. I rebound it. It's rebounded back to him in his camp in the name of Jesus. This word shudders him. It makes him tremble. This word is what he did not want to come out. This is the word that he wanted to hide. But I thank you, Lord, that The day for reckoning has come. The day for reckoning has come in the enemy's camp. This word. This is the flawless victory. This is the word that wins the war. The battles. The lost battles. None of that none of that matters. This word wins the war. It wins the war. It gets to the root. It gets to the belly of the beast. 
God's victory, his glory shines in this word. And I just ask, Lord, as I always ask, Father, that you just decrease me. If you haven't decreased me like never before, I'm asking you right now to decrease me and increase you. Let let viewers and listeners see you when they see me and hear you when they hear me. Because we never want the focus to be on the messenger, but the message, the spirit of the living God. We never want the focus to be on the man, but the Messiah, the Lamb, the Almighty God. So that when all is said and done, only you, Jesus, will be glorified in our homes. Let this word go forth in Jesus' name. Let this word turn others and let them be sold out completely to you, completely to you after this word. Let this word free them once and for all. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, God has been talking to me about just me personally just wanting to free me from this trauma. This trauma that I was going through and this trauma that I, excuse me, I no longer went through, I, I went through as a child. And I'm not going to get into uh, detail about it right now, but that I'm still getting clarity on how he wants me to give that testimony. I got it because I, I have to do it right. I have to do it the right way and I have to do it in a way that that really hits. That really hits. And it has to be done in a way that frees in all areas. Even how I deliver it has to be done in God's perfect way. And I'm so excited for it. And I'm excited to share this testimony because it's going to free most of us, most of us. Whatever you're thinking about is that the thing that no one likes to talk about, that taboo subject, that one, that's the one that God, that's it for a lot of us, our Promises have been held up because of that thing. That thing. God doesn't have it fully yet. But he doesn't have it fully yet because we have not fully released it to him. And God is calling you. He is beckoning you for that. I feel like to look up what beckoning means. It's not just a call, it's a beckon. It's like a God is longing for that. That has to be released. And I'm just going to look up what beckon means. It means to make a gesture with the hand, arm, or head to encourage someone to come nearer or follow. God beckoned for Adam when he was looking for him in the Garden of Eden. And he was hiding. He was hiding. He was hiding. This spirit has led you to hide this thing from God. And has distorted how you view God. But I'm here to release a lot of you today and to, and to expose that lie from the enemy. I hear God saying it's not your fault. You are not to blame for that. You are 
innocent. You are innocent. You were innocent. You were just a child. God is aborting things that were imparted into you. Seeds that were planted into you. That he never put there. Now abortion in the world is murder. But when God does it. If God aborts something from you. If he takes something away from you. It's because he never meant for you to have it. He never meant for you to have it. It's funny how we see abortion in the world being banned. But in the spirit, God is 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 pushing he is pushing abortion in the spirit. The enemy has us dist- he has had us distorted for so long. He has twisted this thing for so long. Let me jump into the word. I need to get into the word, y'all. But let me let me get into this. Um, okay. And I'm I'm not even hesitating out of fear. I don't fear. I don't fear the enemy anymore. I don't feel him. I don't fear him anymore. I'm just trying to make sure I get these words right because I'm so excited to give this word so I'm trying to choose my words wisely I was listening to this word by Lana Bowser um about things that that God wants to do um in this time and as I was listening to it God began to birth a, a a word through me. It was like the way that I see that happening was like that first word was like a tree, and out of that root word, a branch sprouted. <laughs> a branch sprouted out of it. A branch sprouted out of it. So as I'm listening to the word, let me get into it. Um, I begin to hear, um, cause he, he said, the person who was delivering the word, um, said that God was removing, um, trauma. And when I heard it, um, I began to think of this song by Mary J. Blige called No More Drama. And I was just, as I'm listening to the word, like I'm hearing the lyrics in my mind. I'm like, man, I, I'm like, I ain't heard that song in a long time. And I remember listening to the song as a teenager and crying, like really feeling those words. And I encourage you to listen to that song. I'm just going to read the lyrics, but just hearing the lyrics and me reading it is not going to do it justice. I I'm going to put that song in the description as well. And I encourage you to listen to it. If you got headphones, put your headphones on and just allow yourself to submerse in and allow the Holy Spirit to take you to that place of trauma for you. As I was listening to the lyrics, she says drama, D-R-A-M-A. But I was hearing in the spirit trauma, no more trauma. God is removing the trauma. That most of us, we we all have, all of us, we all have some type of trauma that we dealt with at some point in our lives. And God is reminding you that he cares about it all, no matter how long it's been. He cares about it all. So the lyrics go like this. Um... She starts by saying that she is so tired of all this drama. I'm going to read it, and I'm, but I'm going to put trauma there. So she said, I'm so tired. I'm tired of all this trauma. 
You go your way. I go my way. No more. No more. I want to be free. Now I got to stop there. (laughs) Because. This how God is showing me this right now. This for many of us. We are standing in front of this spirit that is not of God. We are tired. And we are at this point where God has us facing this spirit. And it is time to make your decree. No more. No more with this. With this spirit. No more coming into agreement with this spirit. No more allowing this spirit to um, have power over you. Have dominion over you. No more. And it starts with our words. The word says that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. This has been a year. This this year 5782. This Hebrew year. Has been, God has just been reminding us to speak out life and to bind death. And it's all in just what we say. It's just what we say, making the the declaration and the decree that it is over. God just needs our words and he's literally doing the rest. But the enemy has had us mute for years. For me personally, mine was 20 years, over 20 years. I said it's about 22 years. I love that confirmation of the number 22. Let me get to the next verse. So she starts with saying that I want to be free. And she said, broken heart again, another lesson learned. Better know your friends or else you will get burned. Got to count on me because I can guarantee that I'll be fine. No more pain. No more drama. No more trauma in my life. No one's going to make me hurt again. Why'd I play the fool? Go through ups and downs knowing all the time you wouldn't be around. Or maybe I like the stress Because I was young and restless, but that was long ago. I don't want to cry no more. And I'm feeling led to jump right into scripture. (laughs) Let me give them rhema that God was giving me as I was listening to this prophetic word. God says, I am breaking the trauma. And then I began to hear words like redemption, freedom, true freedom, healing, doing I am doing one thing to cure all. And then he began to give me this scripture that I remember my grandmother had in her house. And it was that scripture in Revelation where he speaks about um, um, how he will wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And in that, in order for him to wipe the tears... You have to cry in order for him to wipe the tears. If there's nothing for him to wipe, you have to give him something. He needs your tears. And we have been taught to be unbothered, unapologetic. This world has taught us to suppress And that crying was seen as weak. The lies. <laughs> I'm thinking of Candy. And <laughs> that just when she was like, the lies, the lies, the lies, the lies, the lies. They have to be exposed. Jesus wept all the time. He cried all the time. Because he truly cared. There's nothing wrong with caring. Let me stay on topic. (laughs) 
make sure I stay on track. Hold on, y'all. Okay. Um, Psalm 56, 8 says, sorry, I got my Bible app out. I got my actual Bible. <laughs> I got two phones with Bibles on it. So I'm just trying to make sure I got everything so it flows. So he began to give me scriptures about tears. And this scripture I remember, and I've just been finding myself reminding others and giving others this scripture the past few days. Um, Psalm 56, 8 says, um, record my misery, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? That's the NIV version. Um, but when I found it online, I'll, this is how I've been saying the the scripture. This is how I originally came across the scripture. I'm not sure which version this is, but um, it says, you have taken account of my wanderings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? And then I go back to the NIV and in the Bible app. I love that they give you like little footnotes and things about it. Remember that said, record my misery, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? And then there's like this little footnote that says, um, list my, it speaks more about tears. And it says, um, or another word for tears is misery. Put my tears in your wine skin. And you know that scripture about pouring new wine into old wine skins, but it wasn't really about that scripture. God was just reminding me of the wine skin. And then the fact that tears are like water. And then he reminded me of his first, um, Miracle. Jesus' first miracle that he performed was turning water into wine. <laughs> you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. Your tears are what's going to turn you into wine. God is going to use your tears to make you as fine as wine. How <laughs> I just heard it. That's how I just heard it. <laughs> um, then um, he led me to jump to Revelation. Actually, before I jump into that, that takes me to the next verse in the song where um, this is the chorus where she says, no more pain, um, no more game messing with my mind. No more. Again, we're saying trauma. No more in my life. And she says, no more trauma in my life. No one's going to make me hurt again. Then it says, no more tears. I'm tired of crying every night. No more fears. I really don't want to cry. No more trauma. No more in my life. I don't ever want to hurt again. I want to speak my mind. Then he takes me to Revelation 7. And it says, hop to that. And this is the whole chapter seven. And this is the chapter about the 144,000 sealed. After this, I saw four angels standing at the, now this is John. Um, I believe it's John having a vision like revelation is like this this whole vision you know that god shows him and this is after this i saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth holding back the four winds of the earth to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree and then i saw another angel coming up from the east having the seal of the living god he called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea. Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed, 
144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. And then it begins to list every tribe of Israel and it's 12,000 to each 12 tribe of of, um, Israel, which 12,000 times 12 is 144,000. Um, Twelve is a number of God's divine order, his divine law and order. And we see that again in the first few verses where an order is being given from one of the angels not to harm anything until we have marked God's chosen. Then it says, um, then it speaks about the great multitude in white robes. After this, I looked in there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and in front of the lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. I got to bind the spirit of distraction in the mighty name of Jesus. I speak peace over my mind in the name of Jesus. I speak peace over this home in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, keep me focused. In Jesus' name, amen. After this, I looked and therefore before me was a great multitude that no one can count from every nation, tribe, and people and language standing before the throne and in front of the lamb they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands and they cried out in a loud voice salvation belongs to our god who sits on the throne and to the lamb all the all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders And the four living creatures, they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, sir, you know. And he said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. I got to pause because one thing that I noticed and God just keeps highlighting, you know, these seers and those who God imparts visions and, and, and dreams to. One thing you have to be careful of is not to attempt to exalt yourself over God and try to act like, you know, everything In order to be a seer, in order to have vision, you have to come to him like a child. As if you know nothing, ready to learn. Because John right here could have guessed when that elder asked him, who are these in the white robes? And he could have tried to guess that. But he said, you know, I don't know, you know, you tell me, like, tell me, I I don't know. I'm just here. (laughs) That alone being submission, that alone being in a position to receive, like, I don't know what I'm getting, like, what is it, you know? I'm not even going to sit here and act like I know, I don't know, <laughs> like, what is it? I feel like that was for someone um, trying to understand their gift. I, I would find myself toiling in my gift because I was trying to guess and figure out things. But these things, these these secrets that God imparts in us, only he knows. <laughs> Genesis 40, verse 8. Um, Joseph speaks to um, the um, wine bearer and the baker. Um, and they were trying to come to him for interpretation. And he said, the dreams are for the Lord to interpret. I don't know anything. But God speaks through me, you know. Um, so for those who are trying to go to others for insight, we don't know. God God only gives us part. And then that's what that scripture, we only prophesy in part. That's where that comes from. So if you're not seeking God first, that's why a lot of 
you see a lot of prophets and if, if a prophet is not telling you to take it back to the Lord for confirmation, that would, I would question, I would question the fruit of that prophet. But, um, yeah, so he says, sir, you know, and he, this is the elder. He said, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white. I got to go back. I read that too fast. This was exactly why we're reading the scripture. This chapter, this most importantly, this is verse 14. And he said, these are they who have come out of great tribulation. God wants to bring you out of this tribulation. They have washed their robes. You need water to wash. Tears help you to wash. God uses your tears to wash you clean. Repentance, confession, it is to wash you clean and to make you new. And I'm being reminded of that scripture to be um, transformed by the renewing of your mind daily. If you're not repenting daily, and a lot of us, I forget, I forget a lot of times to repent. God's just been reminding me lately to remember to repent. Remember to repent. It keeps your robes clean. This is, these are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white. They did it. They had to come to God so that he could complete it. This is chapter seven, a number of completion. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. We shed tears. Jesus shed blood to cover us. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb, Jesus, at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. God will wipe away every tear from your eyes. I want to continue on with the lyrics. And she said, oh, it feels so good when you let go of all the trauma in your life. Now you're free from all the pain. Free from all the game, free from all the stress. So find your happiness. Then she says, I don't know. Only God knows where the story ends for me, but I know where the story begins. It's up to us to choose whether we win or lose. And I choose to win. And then it continues to go on with no more pain, no more gain. No more trauma. No more in my life. And then it just fades out and it just continues on. No more trauma. No more trauma. No more trauma. I speak that over you right now in Jesus' name. No more trauma in your life. No more trauma in your life. No more. No more. No more. No more. (laughs) No more. No more. And you have to believe it. You have to choose to have faith and believe that he takes it. He has taken it no more. When the enemy tries to rise up and remind you, no more. You say no more trauma. No more. I've done away with it. No more. (laughs) No more. Then he takes me to Revelation 21. Uh, Revelation 21. Another number of completion. This is the numbers of completion biblically are three, seven, and 21. Three and seven 
multiplied together make 21. It's funny because the last verse in the Bible ends in 21. And it completes the entire word of God. So he takes me to Revelation 21 and it says, um, actually, before I get to that, let me jump to Isaiah 25. And this is why he's doing this now. And I got to read this whole chapter. It says, um, this is titled praise to the Lord. This is how you come into this deliverance. This is how you come into this. It starts with praise. Oh, Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness. You have done marvelous things planned long ago. A lot of people ask why this happened, why those things happened to you. There was an appointed time for your salvation. There was an appointed time for your deliver deliverance this time right now. And this is flipping back to the Old Testament in Isaiah. Again, it says, you have done marvelous things, things planned long ago. You have made the city a heap of rubble. The fortified town a ruin. The foreigner's stronghold. He's speaking about those spiritual principalities that have had strongholds over you. The foreigner's stronghold, a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. The Lord says it will never happen to you again. Once you give it to him, it will never happen to you again. As long as you allow him to keep it, don't pick it back up again. You know, in movies, like you see, like people who deal with like kids or whatever, you know, go through trauma and their parents say it'll never happen again. And then it happens again. This is why God says not to trust in man, but to trust in him. And Jesus, there's a scripture that speaks about Jesus um, knowing he said Jesus um, knew them. He knew their hearts. He did not trust in man for he knew them. I'm saying it loosely. I'm really saying it loosely. Well, forgive me about that. But yeah, if, if you know, you, and I'm sure it's in the book of Matthew. This is why we study Jesus' life. Like Jesus knew and he, dis he discerned people. Like he knew that he could not trust man. Man will fail you every time. But the Lord is faithful. And he is unchanging. His word never lies. He is not a man that he shall lie. Trust him. Trust him in this. Therefore, strong peoples will honor you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you. Those who the enemy used to inflict trauma in your life. As you give this to God, as you cry out to God, it's going to turn them back to God. They are going to look to you in reverence. They will honor you. Not only will it cause them to repent and apologize, but God is going to use them to honor you at the same time. God will deliver them through your obedience. For some of us, it's parents. For some of us, it's a, um, what's the word? It can be an offender. Whoever, whoever. But remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is why he needs you to come to him first. You know, the world has had it wrong. And he's speaking about sexual trauma. He's going there. He's speaking about sexual trauma. Where the world, you know, that Me Too movement, there's nothing wrong with it. Because, yes, God is exposing in this time. But pay attention to 
um, the world and how they react, the persecution, the condemnation, the judgment against those who um, were caught doing those things or were exposed. God is saying, vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. Let him do it. You don't have to do that because you put yourself in the wrong position. You put yourself in a position to be judged. Let God do the judging. He was wrong. He did this. She did that. Da, 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 da. God is saying, just come to me and cry it out. I will do that judging. Now, it's not to say those who were exposed, you know, in the limelight um, were not um, deserving of that. But the bottom line is those were people who knew they were wrong and they chose not to repent. This is what he's speaking against. This is what he's speaking about. Those who knew they were wrong and they did not repent and turn back to him. That is for those who chose to stay in agreement with that spirit. But God is doing this now. Remember I said he did, he's doing one thing to cure all. He's healing in this time. But he's also removing the trauma. He's removing the guilt in those as well. Remember I was saying it's not your fault. Those who were inflicting that trauma on others. And didn't understand why that guilt that they've carried. God wants to lift you from that as well. Again, this is therefore strong peoples will honor you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you. You have been a refuge for the poor. A refuge for the needy in his distress. A shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm. For the breath of the ruthless is like a storm driving against a wall and like the heat of a desert. You've been feeling like you've been in a storm your whole life. You've been in a dry place. For me, it was over 20 years. You silence the uproar of foreigners. Foreigners, people who don't believe in God, like... In the Old Testament, you see of like Sodom and Gomorrah. Those, those they're considered foreigners. Those people, the Midi, the Midianites and the Canaanites, all of these people who warred against God's people, who oppressed God's people. Those are the foreigners. Those are the spiritual principalities. Those, those who worship sun gods and worship the things that God created instead of worshiping the Creator. When you do that, you open doors. For these traumas to come in. That's why. He had to. He was just so ruthless. When it came to these foreign countries. And these places. This is why he didn't want. His children marrying in. And coming to agreement. You see Solomon was a wise ruler. But he had a weakness for. Foreign wives. He had foreign wives. And the enemy uses our weaknesses. For Samson, it was women. Again, his wife, Delilah, was a foreigner. But it's not about the, the vessel. Again, we, it's, it's not flesh and blood that we wrestle against. It's the spiritual principalities in those people. So when you think about that person, especially for those who are uh, trauma victims, sexual trauma victims, it's not the victim that you want to point the blame at. The enemy, his spirit, the spiritual principalities that in the enemy's camp have been hiding behind the vessel. And it's the vessel, God's child, whether they have accepted him or not, he will leave the 99 to save the one. They have been getting the beating for a spirit. That's been hiding within them. And like a helicopter chopper. That shines its light. On, an, on, an, on a thing. God is placing eyes. 
on that spirit that has been running rampant. God was showing me sexual trauma is in every family. It's in every family. We got more on that, but let me let me see to the word. It says, um, You silence the uproar of foreigners as heat is reduced by the shadow of a cloud. So the song of the ruthless is stilled. Is stilled. The song of the ruthless is stilled. This thing that has been running rampant in the shadows, in the darkness, that trauma that's been going on, that has been left unsaid, unaddressed. People are afraid to go. That song, God is silencing that song. It says again, so the song of the ruthless, that spirit is being stilled. God is calling peace to the waters. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. Hmm, Remember, we were just talking about wine. It's funny. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples. Sexual trauma. Is in all families. God favors the family he's been showing me. The family is the church, the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. God is the father. The Holy Spirit is the mother. And the son is Jesus. God is restoring families in this time. The thing that's been separating families, that dark thing, that silent killer of of families. One of those things is sexual trauma. I'm not saying it happens to all people, but it's in all families. And it's being exposed. God is shedding a light on it. God is saying it's okay to have the conversation. It's okay to bring it back up. He needs you to go back there. But he's he's back there. A lot of us are wondering why I'm not in my promised land yet. Because we need to go back and we need to we need to go back and clean this up. God needs to give you the truth as to what happened. That misunderstanding cannot go with you into the promised land. Cuz it's going you going to tear it up. You going to mess it up. If you don't deal with it. And it's quick. It's not a twenty, uh, not another twenty years. God did this for me and my family in three days. Another number of completion, three days. And then the day after that third day, I got my moving date. The question I've been asking for months: When am I going? He's relocating me. When am I moving? He finally gave me my date and it's quicker than what I thought it was. It's faster than what I thought it was in weeks. And it's been in my face the whole time. But because that was there, I couldn't see it again. God can't give you what he has for you. If your hands are full of thing of trash. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. I spoke about a dream that I had. And there was this room in in this house. And it was covered by a white sheet. It was it looked like I described it as an attic. And I would not go in that attic. I hadn't been in there in a long time. God is saying we need to go back one more time. Just one more time. So we can clean it up. 
the house in the dream was the spiritual life. This can't be in your spirit, the attic of your spirit. It can't be there. An attic can house things and you, for an attic, you put things away sometimes to go back to when it's needed at the right time. And there are some things there that you put there and you never, you never look at it again. And God is like those things that you never want to look at again. They don't, they can't be there at all. We need to get rid of those things completely. That's the only reason why he wants you to go back so we can get rid of it. He wants to do it with you. Be strong and courageous. I will be there with you the entire way. And his spirit was indeed, (laughs) indeed it was. So much clarity and understanding. And in this dream, I had to share it with my family. I had to go back and share it with my family. When I shared it with my family, I found out I was not the only one. It happened to most of us. In the same generation. And then I began to remember stories about talking with my aunts and and uncles or, or whoever. That generation before. This was not in the dream. This actually happened. And they shared that it happened to them. And my elders shared that it happened to them. Enemy wanted to make you feel like it was just you. It was your fault. Like you did something wrong. And God showed me in a dream months ago. And when I began to speak about it to one of my elders... And I shared the dream with them and they said, no, that actually God showed me that it happened to that person. And they said, no, that did happen, actually. And when she confirmed it. God said it never started. It was it was before you. These are ancient mantles that the enemy placed there strategically. In the family. To keep you guys bound. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. I was comfortable enough. To pray with my family. I have prayed with others. I've been praying with others. I pray with you guys. I pray over you guys. But I was never comfortable enough to pray over my family. We came together and we prayed together. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples. For the chosen ones, for me and my family, I am that mountain. And you are that mountain for your family too. To sum that up, the Lord says, you didn't forget, neither did I. He caught every tear in his bottle. In his wineskin. And he's been holding it. Every tear you shed. He has been collecting them. He never forgot it. Every hurt, every pain. The day of reckoning has come. The Lord is serious about his children. He is, if you ever seen a mama, when they protect their young, their child, He's giving me a picture right now of, hmm, I had this picture in a phone, in, in an old phone. I just like got an iPhone again and there was this picture of a cub, a lion cub, and it was like captioned me and then the big mom cub behind him said, God, that's going to be the the picture art for this. <laughs> God is awesome.
God is so awesome. Then he takes me to um, Revelation 21, verse 4. And it says, again, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And this chapter is titled the new Jerusalem. Let me read that. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. To you who suffered, your suffrage, the great suffrage has ended. This being in chapter 21. Divine completion, divine completion, divine completion. Jumping back to Isaiah 27. For those who have chose not to repent and turn. The Lord says this is for the deliverance of Israel. In that day, the Lord will punish with his sword, his fierce, great and powerful sword, Leviathan, the gliding serpent, Leviathan, the coiling serpent. He will slay the monster of the sea in that day. Sing about a fruitful vineyard. I, the Lord, watch over it. I water it continually. I guard it day and night so that no one may harm it. I am not angry. If only there were briars and thorns confronting me, I would march against them in battle. I would set them all on fire. Or else let them come to me for refuge. Let them make peace with me. Yes, yes, let them make peace with me. The Lord says in that verse, this is verse five. God is giving grace in this time. For those who have not repented to come to him for refuge, to make peace with him. He says, yes, let them make peace with me. He has not come back yet because he's giving a lot of us time to come back and repent. He said, I'm not even angry. I ain't even angry right now because I'm giving you time to come back. But the time is short. And it says, in the days to come, Jacob will take root. Israel, that's the, Jacob's new name, will bud and blossom and fill all the world with fruit. So God is doing two things in this time. He is judging and he is blessing. He is birthing those who have suffered and who have been faithful to him. And who have had to deal with that trauma. He is blessing. He is blooming you. You are blossoming in this time. That old name, Jacob, God is giving you Israel. 
He's been telling me your name is Grace. He's been telling me for a while your name is Grace. God wants to give you a new name. It is not disgrace. It is grace. I read that scripture because it's not just about us and God delivering us. But remember, he leaves the 99 to save the one. And because God is in us, we should be feeling that same unction to leave the 99 to save the one. No one gets left behind. God doesn't want anybody to get left behind. So your position, one, is to praise him and thank him, to give it to him, and to pray for those to come back to him. Those, especially those who have hurt you. Because it all comes from somewhere. Somebody hurt them. Hurt people hurt people. But when we come together and we pray, the Lord says where two or three gather, there I am. God is challenging you to put that aside. That's why he needs to take it from you. So you can go forth in ministry because you're going to have to turn around and minister not only to those who were in the same position as you who were hurt, but those who did the hurting. You're going to have to face those, those people. And God doesn't need you in the promised land being triggered by someone who reminded you of someone who hurt you. Jesus was on the cross and those who were hurting him and spitting on him and cursing him. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They don't even know who they, they don't even know who I am. They, they truly didn't. Now, a lot of them after he died. And after that worker or soldier pierced his side, then they knew who he was. After the bloodshed, then they saw him. But it was... Not too late, but it was too late when he was in front of their face. He was there walking and living with them. They couldn't see him, but it was after he died. And I'm just being reminded, the Lord said, I, it's better that I go. And then he said, be encouraged for I'm leaving my spirit with you. God is so awesome. Like, let me, before I wrap this up. We were speaking about verse five, that number five being a number of grace. So remember to pray over those, you know, who have not yet repented for their salvation. Um, For the day of reckoning has come. God got you like you're covered. He's about to bless you. But let it be more than about just receiving your blessing and your promises. Turn around and pray for that person who's still struggling with it. Who don't know how to come out of it. Pray for them. And then he takes me to Revelation. We just jump from Revelation to Isaiah 21 verses 3, and eight, 3 to 8. Which I believe I read, but I'm going to read it again. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Don't forget that. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of water of life. He who overcomes, you have to overcome. He says, he who overcomes will inherit all this. And I will be his God and he will be my son. 
but the cowardly the unbelieving the vile the murderers the sexually immoral those who practice magic arts the idolaters and all liars their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur this is the second death again i told y'all a very serious word but a very word that was very much needed deliverance is here it is done it is complete and i just declare and decree over you um that you are free you are a free man you are a free woman Live your life in free. Go in peace. Peace I live with peace I leave with you. That last verse in the Bible. Revelation twenty two verse twenty one. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen.